Jordan. Ian. Who wants to know the truth, but can't even handle it when their wives say there's no biscuits left? Barack Obama? No. Two guys. What? What? Hello, and welcome to episode nine of Two Guys What's Up. I am Ian, and I am joined by my ever-fluorescent buddy, Jordan. Hello! <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm alright, Tap. I've just been on the bike. Oh, very nice. How many days is that now, then? Uh, this will probably be about 40 by the time it comes out. Very true, yeah. Although, has there been actually 40 days? I mean, that's very impressive, if that's the case. Absolutely. I've done so much cycling, I've gone into the future. <laughs> This is coming out 27th of February, so it's not quite March. So, okay. maybe, yeah, maybe about 50, 50 odd days. Yeah, okay. That's not bad, is it? Four out of five. That's not bad at all. We'll go for that. <laughs> yeah. Very well done. Quick maths. <laughs> Math my Jordan. Are you enjoying your cafetiere coffee there? I am. It is delicious. When I bought it on the label, it said three cups, right? So I thought, oh, like a three cup size cafetiere. Uh, and then the next one up was eight cups. <laughs> you didn't realise they meant espresso cups. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, you're joking. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I'm not paying an extra fiver for eight cups because when am I going to drink eight cups of coffee? Right. So I just got the, I opted for the smaller one, got it home and then looked at the label. It was like three cups of espresso. And I was like, you <laughs> what? Like... Why, why you should have just... known when it was just 30 mil. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my colleague who was with me at the time, he looked at it, he's like, three cups, whatever. And I was like, well, I can't look at it and just judge it. So I'll wait until I get home. And even if it is, you know, one cup, that's that's all I'm ever going to drink at a time anyway. But Just the packaging was smaller than your mug. <laughs> it's not far off. I honestly fill it up so full and it looks like it is like... To the brim, I'm like, that's going to overfill my cup. And I pour it in and it, it barely even fills it up over half. Oh, well. It's it's very lucky that I like a milky coffee. That's true. You do, don't you, actually? Yes. You you have a system, don't you? And see if I remember this right. So, By the way, if you get this wrong, I will unfriend you forever. Okay, so this could be the last ever episode. <laughs> it might end a bit abruptly now. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> you just hang up and the recording stops. Yeah. <laughs> I'll still be bugging you to send me your file so I can... Mix it all together and make sure it's all right. So your system, if I remember right, so for granulated coffee, you put a heaped spoonful in your mug. I do. Then you leave the teaspoon in the mug. I do. You fill up milk yep. to the top of the teaspoon, the, the, the ridge of the teaspoon. Yeah, so where just the... Just the handle begins. Yeah. And then you fill with hot water. That is very accurate. Correct. Well done. Hey, the podcast lives for another day. <laughs> Our friendship lives on. <laughs> the listeners are just thinking, oh, for God's sake, should he have just got it wrong? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Why, why would they be listening if they hate it? <laughs> why has he got such a good memory, for fuck's sake? Yeah, I was hoping I wouldn't have to put up with this shit for much longer. <laughs> Oh, and this is also when all your old granules are still at the bottom of the container. Yeah, so the, the coffee granules at the bottom are about 12 years old. <laughs> <laughs> They've got their own little colonies going on down there. It's just slightly furry, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> furry coffee. <laughs> Velvety smooth. It's not something that you'd see on the adverts for the Dolce Gusto, is it? Absolutely not, no. <laughs> Please remember to alternate your coffee. Yes, you like me, sacrifice those old granules. Old ones at the bottom, yeah. Yeah, murderer. Anyway, so today I think we've got a super interesting episode coming up, because um, I know I am going to be going into the, the paranormal life and times of one Mr. Dan Aykroyd, 
who uh, people might know. I'm sure they probably will. If you've seen Ghostbusters, yep. then you'll, you'll probably know. <laughs> no, that's, well, that's Back to the Future, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Indiana Jones, that one. No, that... Uh... Ghostbusters. And I think you've got a quiz coming up for me. I do, because we heard a few episodes back that for near enough two years now, you've been listening consecutively every single night to the War of the Worlds, Jeff Wayne's uh, musical double album. That is correct, yeah, every single day. I've listened to it once already today. (laughs) It is is 20 past 10 in the morning, (laughs) and I've already listened to it once. Well, some might call it an obsession. <laughs> some may, but uh, we're going to see just how much of that you remember at the end of the episode when I quiz you. Oh, fantastic. I am excited. How many questions have you got? It was 15. 15. That's one five, not 50. Oh, okay, right. Well, all the people at home are like, drats. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping this would drag on for hours. <laughs> well then, uh, without much further ado, let's jump into it. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so seamless. Dan Aykroyd is a is a well known actor. Uh, he's an author, and he is also a master vodka maker. Didn't know if you knew that. He is, isn't he? Yes, yeah. In a, he, he makes them in a, a crystal skull. Uh, which is partly based on the the paranormal aspect of crystal skulls. He also, um, I believe, is very proud of the fact that it's one of the purest vodkas, isn't it, on the planet? So I've been told. Uh, I haven't tested it myself, but... <laughs> on your Sunday night? Yeah, well... <laughs> We'll have to do a professional testing one day. Yeah, yeah, I'd be for that. Or we order some, and we'll sit and have a, we'll make some cocktails with it and stuff, and we'll we'll get like loads of different types of vodkas. Nice, perfect. I can't wait for that on uh, Tuesday morning. You're an enabler, Jordan. <laughs> uh, so Dan Aykroyd was born in 1952 in Ottawa, Canada. He was coincidentally born the same year as a mass UFO sighting over DC. Oh, do you reckon he was dropped off? But maybe. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> the stalk was busy that day. <laughs> he soon became interested in the world of the paranormal and UFOs and such, and he attributes his passion to the fact that his dad loved it. So, as many of us do, you know, your, your parents' interests become yours. Right. But he grew up with it surrounding him mm. because his dad enjoyed it and was interested in the paranormal. And his dad was, right, so on and so forth, back to his great-grandfather, one Mr. Samuel Aykroyd. Okay. Who, in his life, was a dentist for a okay. bit. I thought you were going to say, like, a medium or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, funny you should say that. As you can imagine, back in the day, things like numbing agents weren't a, a thing, and dentistry, as we all know, could be very painful. Mm. So he was trying to see if he could find a way to help patients get good dental work with not nearly as much of the pain. And his search landed him on hypnosis. Ah, uh, okay. Yep, I've heard about this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Go on then, tell me. Tell me about it. Hang on. They use hypnosis to make you think you're not experiencing pain. If you've been reading my notes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I hypnotise you to write that. But uh, this finding led him to ponder, interestingly, whether some of the same techniques could also be used to induce a trance and help somebody commune with the deceased. So, in this trance state, they would hopefully try and make connections with dead people. Yes. Okay. And, I mean, he must have had some kind of former interest in it, because that's not the first thing you go to, is it? Yeah, as a dentist. Yeah, it's like, huh, <laughs> I wonder if I could build an implement to help me fit a kitchen so I didn't have to do as much chopping. I wonder if that could be used to meet ghosts. 
you know, like, where's the connection? <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you have to have some form of interest in it. Yeah. Uh, but it got to the point where our pal Samuel had gained a friend who claimed to be a clairvoyant, and so him and our guy Sam would hold nearly weekly seances for the next 12 years. Yeah, all those patients in the waiting room, like, have you finished yet? <laughs> My tea! <laughs> I'm not coming into work today. Uh, I'm just doing a seance. Like, Sam, it's been eight years, pal. Can you? We've got Kevin waiting. He's got an abscess. We've got Bill that needs a root canal. Yeah, unfortunately, half of these patients are dead from all pain. Yeah. <laughs> With this Ouija board, I'm just saying apologies to them all. Yeah. <laughs> she just transformed the dental surgery into a morgue. <laughs> just cut out the middleman. <laughs> Bring him in. <laughs> Sam kept journals of his time doing these seances and apparently made contact with a myriad of spirits, including an Irishman named Mike, an ancient Egyptian prince who called himself Blue Light for some reason, several Native Americans, but there was one entity named Li Long, who was apparently a former member of the Chinese Ming Dynasty, who showed up the most. Apparently during this time, as the clairvoyant was being channeled, they would actually speak Chinese at the table. But he didn't speak Chinese before. Uh, No, that wasn't their native language. That was a completely moot point because, you know, no one can verify whether it was Chinese or not. Fair enough. Poor Sam died in 1933 and the seance group slowly dissolved, but his family kept the work going. Dan's granddad, Maurice Aykroyd, actually tried to build a device that could record the voice of the dead. And he was helped by his son, Dan's dad, Peter Aykroyd, until apparently, get this, some ghosts came along one day and told them it wasn't possible. Did, did they get this on recording? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like, like, you imagine, like, these ghosts are sat there, like, watching, like, like pondering, like, it's not going to work. And then the other ghost's like, it, it might work. And then after, like, ten years, they're like, yeah, this isn't going to work, is it? So just, like, tap them on the shoulder, it's like, dude, dude. You can stop now. It's, it's not going to work. But like, I think we should do it. Like, we should build a device or just use the thing that I'm talking into right now or make it look like we're trying to build a device. And then when these ghosts go, it's not going to work, we should be like, can you just say that into this silver shiny thing right here, please? Because then we will actually record them and then we will have <laughs> yeah. we will have proof. See, this is when that fourth dimension kicks in and everything stops working. Yeah, <laughs> the whole world just implodes. <laughs> I was going to say, like, we should ask them, like, are you are you? from a person or are you from the fourth dimension tell me now what if they're from a fourth dimension person you just blew my mind <laughs> luckily i've got headphones on so they're, they're holding it together for now <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's like a boiling pot of pasta <laughs> and a rolling boil <laughs> soupy so Dan's dad inherited all of his granddad's journals and spiritual literature and uh, this is all surrounding our pal Dan as he was growing up. So these stories and influences were actually unsurprisingly the inspiration for the Ghostbusters script. Right. And actually some of the languages and devices that were used in the film were actually taken straight from the journals of his grandfather. Oh, okay. I, I actually didn't realise that he had a part in writing that. Did you not? Yeah, he he was one of the main writers. No, I didn't know. Yeah, I think... Oh, uh, no. Alexa, who wrote Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters was written by Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, and Rick Moranis. Cheers. There you go. <laughs> yeah, how I didn't know that is beyond me. I mean, you know the theme tune to, to Indiana Jones and Back to the Future, but you don't even know that Ghostbusters was written by... And Star Wars. And Star Wars. <laughs> But uh, yeah, this leads us back to Dan himself. Nothing paranormal ever happened to him. He saw a pigeon out of place once, but that's about it. A pigeon out of place? <laughs> How can you see a pigeon out of place? They can be anywhere. In your toilet? I suppose. But... Uh, in your bed? Anywhere. <laughs> Think about anywhere. You Is that where he saw them? Yep. 
<laughs> in the toilet and the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Little flock of pigeons. Little flock of them just <laughs> flying around his house. Shitting all over. God, that'd be awful. <laughs> <laughs> Get off the shelves. <laughs> Get out of my cafeteria. <laughs> it's, it's already <laughs> full. <laughs> Seasoning. <laughs> Grip. Uh, but Dan does claim to have had a number of alien and UFO encounters. Uh, one being when he was on a trip to New York in the 80s, he apparently woke up one night and said to his wife, They're calling me. I need to go outside. Something wants me to come out and see them. Apparently his wife convinced him to go back to sleep. But, I mean, she is braver than I am if my wife woke up and said oh I need to go outside I'd be like yeah off you, off you pop I don't want to sleep next to that Enjoy. <laughs> yeah. you, you go outside just leave Fill me alone in, in the safety <laughs> <laughs> but apparently the next day there was a load of reported UFO sightings and people claimed hearing the same voice calling them around 3am those that did answer the call reported going outside and seeing a several mile high sparkling pink vortex Ooh. crazy I, I'm trying to like work out what that would be like. Well, if you imagine a vortex... Yeah, in the sky. Three miles high. Oh, is that three miles wide? How does he know it's three miles high? I don't know, man. That's one thing that does my head in, in UFO accounts and stuff like that. It's like, oh, it's about the size of a football field. It's like, where's, where's your perspective? <laughs> yeah. How do you know? Right? Something's up, up in the sky, maybe 30,000 feet, and you're there going, oh, yeah, it was the size of one and a half football fields. It's like, you don't know that. <laughs> you do not know that. <laughs> to be honest, when I've been on a plane, a football field looks tidy. So actually, they're underdoing it. <laughs> it's the but size of five. Th- there's no perspective, so yeah, no one can tell what size things are. So I, I hate it. I, I automatically dismiss any any sizes whenever people say anything like that. Although, Dan Aykroyd is a pilot, isn't he? I don't think so. Could be wrong, but I, I'm pretty certain he's got a pilot license. Alexa... Does Dan Aykroyd have a pilot's license? Dan holds a commercial pilot license with single and multi-engine ratings, as well as a private glider rating. F*** yeah. I am shocked. Thank you. Well, there you go. Um, Yeah, which is possibly why he knows the perspectives. No, because, I mean, you don't know how high up it is, so you can't judge. Unless it's like a commercial plane going by it. (laughs) (laughs) It's about about 100 commercial planes stacked tail to nose up into the sky. (laughs) Oh, handy. (laughs) But yes, there you go. So that wasn't in your research then? It wasn't, no. You're f***ing shite. I overlooked that. I wasn't looking at whether he could fly a plane. I was looking up his paranormal experiences. <laughs> <laughs> just at the end as a, as a little PS. Oh, by the way, he's got a pilot's license. <laughs> yeah, perfect. You can just add it in anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. He also has a pilot's license. There you go, a little soundbite. <laughs> Just add that in to anyone you speak about in the future. <laughs> yeah, He's also got a pilot's license. <laughs> I'm going to put that into every episode now. <laughs> Somewhere. Even if it's like really quiet. and <laughs> Just underneath everything else. <laughs> underneath the intro. Yeah. Who's got a pilot's license? <laughs> <laughs> Two guys. That Aykroyd. This is quite a well-known fact. So uh, I'm sorry if I'm regurgitating information into your little luggies. But uh, in 2002, our pal Dan was finishing a documentary for the Sci-Fi Channel with other big ufology names, such as Linda Morton Howe and Dr. Stephen Greer, who we spoke about last week. Yeah. Do you know who Linda Morton Howe is? The name rings a bell, but I couldn't tell you. I'm guessing some sort of paranormal investigator. She is a paranormal investigator, yeah. I think she uh, she made her name doing like uh, dogman sightings and stuff like that. And uh, oh, okay. cattle mutilations. Yeah. For this documentary, they had filmed eight episodes... 
And one day after filming, Dan went outside for a cigarette and received a phone call from Britney Spears, of all people. Okay. <laughs> they were looking to talk about an upcoming Saturday Night Live episode where they were going to be doing a skit. Right. While he was chatting, he said he turned and looked onto 42nd Street, where he was in New York, and noticed a black SUV with a tall man dressed in black staring at him. Ooh. Apparently, he turned away, but quickly did a double take, and within the matter of that second, that creepy guy and a black car was gone. Ooh, men in black. Men in black. And funnily enough, around two hours later, Dan and the rest of his documentary clan were told that the show had been cancelled completely. It would never air, and so uh, to this day, that, that documentary has not been seen. Oh, so... Do you reckon it's in some archive somewhere? I would hope so, but generally, if stuff like that isn't an archive, it generally finds its way onto YouTube or out into the ether. There's usually like some bootleg somewhere, and apparently there is nothing. Do you think it's been destroyed? Possibly. Maybe the men in black just ate it. <laughs> ate the camera. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> now that TV channel has got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you had to go through all of them. I better be safe than sorry. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a mukbang? Yeah. Right, so, you know, uh, for anyone that doesn't know at home, it's like it's like an ASMR thing, isn't it, where they, like, eat a ridiculous amount of food. Mm. So it can be anything like, sometimes it's noodles, sometimes it's seafood and that sort of stuff. But can you imagine, like, if the sci-fi channel had to turn itself into a mukbang channel, but it's just men in black <laughs> eating loads and loads of videotapes? <laughs> like, all this documentary footage. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Just got the rolls of film like hanging yeah. out, <laughs> like spaghetti. Like spaghetti, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> turns into that lady in the tramp scene. <laughs> yeah, it turns X-rated. Too many black snogging. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Get your grey sausage out. Anyway, uh, so apparently Dan had another UFO encounter when he was on a trip to Martha's Vineyard. He was on the ground looking up and he said he saw two UFOs moving in synchronicity at an altitude, this is a perfect example, of an altitude of around 50,000 feet, moving at a speed of around 20,000 miles an hour, travelling faster than any known aircraft. But how the hell can anyone honestly say that? How can you be like, yep, 50,000 feet up, 20,000 miles an hour? What is your point of reference? I know. Although, I guess if you fly regularly and you watch people flying regularly, I guess you do have a, a kind of a, a an idea, more than, say, myself. I'm not buying it. No, not at all. You drive. <laughs> do you think you could look at a car and estimate its speed? Well... And length. Potentially. I mean, you might be able to get within the, the, the realms of, like, a few feet. Mm. And you might, you know, get within, like, the, the, the tens of a mile an hour. But again, that's in front of you. That's something you can literally see drive past you. But when it's 50,000 feet up, how can you honestly... Well, if it's a clear day. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Not at all. <laughs> Ask our pal, Dan. I will. But uh, yeah, I have to say no. this. Dan does know his stuff. Or as much as anyone can know about the unknown. Uh, he has had a fascinating life. And I hope that he gets to the point where he gets the knowledge and understanding that he wants. Because it's all too common in the world of the paranormal. As we said last week, that people just don't get what they want. It's like it's there to just constantly keep tricking you and fooling you and leading you along. There's a guy called John Keel who famously uh, was a UFO researcher and he, he right. researched um, the famous, infamous case of Mothman at Point Pleasant. Mm -hmm. And um, at the end of his life, at the end of his career, he was just like, oh, f***ing no. Like... <laughs> And in, an entire lifetime of research, and I am no closer to knowing anything. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit deflating, isn't it? it and is, then he's yeah. just like, <laughs> his, his last words were, "Fuck's sake, and I fuck all." <laughs> <laughs> 
and his wife is there. Words. Like, yeah, his wife's like, I was hoping for I love you or thanks for the good years. We'll see you soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like, fuck, sit there. <laughs> Poor Mrs. Keel. Keeled over. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, I, hope, I hope he gets the answers he wants. Well. Right. Uh, but that's that. That's the end of that segment. So what did you want to talk to me about? Toasters or something? I think you said you got like thirty to test. Yeah, fifty. Uh, fifty questions on uh, on thermal dynamics. <laughs> Thermodynamics. Or thermodynamics. Sorry, I've not done my research that well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And cast pay. Okay. So this is the War of the Worlds quiz for Mister Ian here. Oh yeah. Do you think you're ready? Are, are you nimble? Are you? Are you? Oh, let, me, let me power up. <laughs> Oh, accidentally slipped one out. <laughs> I pushed too hard. <laughs> uh, excuse me, I need to slip one out. <laughs> no, I, th- I think I am ready. I think I'm good. Okay. So, because I thought you'd find this super easy... Yeah. I've made them incredibly difficult. <laughs> I've, I've changed the facts. What was the altitude it was recorded at? <laughs> <laughs> I've included a little bit of War of the Worlds... Album trivia as well. Brilliant. Okay. See, see if you know some of this too. I've, I've dug a little deeper. Okay, okay. And anyone at home, anyone that knows the the album, play along. Let us know if you got any right. If you don't know the album, then stop the podcast right now. Go listen to it. Listen carefully. Come back. Have a little play along. Uh, see if you can beat me. War of the Worlds Master. This is like mastermind, isn't it? <laughs> yes. And I've even got my right. whiteboard here just to keep track of the scores for you. Oh, very professional. Nice one. Thank you so much. I do I do things on this this little weird box here. It's called a phone. Oh, do you? Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, the ghosties can't get to this. <laughs> <laughs> the ink dries out. <laughs> no, no! I've been filed. <laughs> Okay. Okay, hit me. Out of 15, let's see what you get here, shall we? Oh, I'm excited. Okay, here we go. Number one. In what... Dunno. <laughs> right, that's that's one down. <laughs> in what century is the War of the Worlds musical set? Uh, no one could have believed in the last years of the 19th century. Ding, 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 ding. Well done. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, thank you. Okay, let's try the next one. In what month and year was the War of the Worlds double album first released in the UK? The month and year, f- And no Alexa. Curses. <laughs> uh, a month. Uh, year, I think it was, was it 83? It was earlier than that. 78. That's correct, that is the year. Thank, yes, I knew that, I knew that. And what about the month? Uh, the month was... October. It was June. Curses. So I'll give you a half point for that, because that was pretty good, actually. Thank you. Thank you very much. I was quite impressed with that. Thanks, man. Thanks. Um, I wouldn't have had a clue. (laughs) Okay, so, number three. The astronomer... Ogilvy. Yes, that's not the the question. (laughs) Curses. (laughs) Says that the chances of anything coming to Mars are... Are a million to one. What odds? Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Well done. And exactly that quote as well, a million to one. A million to one, he said. But still, they come. On my face. You don't get bonus points now. <laughs> Boner points. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might, but... <laughs> Bad one since this morning, mate. <laughs> Thinking about this quiz. <laughs> the table's levitating. <laughs> so, number four. Who wrote almost all of the lyrics from the album? Jeff Wayne. Mm. Oh, what? Uh, um, Phil Lynott. No. <laughs> Um, you don't get multiple tries. No, no, I, I will accept that I got this one wrong. Uh, Julie Covingham. Mm. Incorrect. 
It's the other guy in it who I can't remember the name of. Go on. Gary Osborne. Oh, I didn't even know that. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, there you go. So, fun fact, an almost unheard of lyricist, Gary Osborne, also wrote lyrics for other projects by Jeff Wayne, including a musical version of Spartacus. No way. There you go. Now you know. Now I do. Okay. Number five. I think this will be a nice, easy one for you. How many legs did the Martian fighting machines have, and what were they referred to as? Tripods. Three legs. Yes. Perfect. Ding, 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 ding. Well Anything to done. do with the actual music and album itself, I think, is a lot easier. But, I mean, these other ones are a lot harder. I don't know you're going to trick me like this. <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> and you call yourself a fan. <laughs> Number six. What is the name of the Royal Navy battleship used to fight against the invaders but is later destroyed? Uh, Thunderchild. Ding, 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 ding. Well done. It was Thunderchild. Way Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven. What was the only single released from the double album that achieved any kind of chart success in the UK? Probably Forever Autumn. Well done! I'm Damn right. very, very <laughs> impressed with you. Well done. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There was also another single. Do you know what that was? Um, Didn't do very well, but it was the only other single that was released. Probably. This is There's no points for this. No, fair enough. Um, oh, what's it called? I can't remember the name of it. Spirit of Man? Uh, I'll say yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you have written down? Let me just check. It was, it was not that, I'm afraid. Bad. It was the eve of the war. Oh, no way. Yeah. Well, I can, um, I can see why that didn't do very well, because... It's uh, well, it's more orchestral. Yeah. So it's it's not pop, you know, like yes. uh, like yeah. Forever Autumn is. Yeah. So no points for for that, I'm afraid. Well, there but... was no point. <laughs> <laughs> what is the point of anything in life? Of anything, yeah. Let's just... Why are we here? Why... What we're we doing this? We went through this last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Why are you listening to this at home? Okay. <laughs> but thank you for doing so. Yes, please um... keep. Keep doing so. <laughs> Number eight. What caused the death of the Martians, and what was the journalist's concern following their death? Uh, the cause of their death was the common cold, germs. Yeah. And uh, his his future um, concern was the fact that they're on, on Mars, biding their time, and uh, protecting themselves to come back and, and try again. Ding, 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 you're right. Although it's not specified exactly as germs... There is another word that they use. Um, see, I'm always asleep by this bit. <laughs> um, Just let your unconscious tell you. Yeah, come on, come on, brain. Do, do your job. Bacteria. That is correct. Ding, 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 ding. Well done. Yes. Yeah, so Earth bacteria was what caused the death of the Martians. Mm-hmm. And the journalist's concern following the death was that he said, although Earth is now safe, his concern was that the Martians may be learning from their failures and preparing for a second invasion. Correct. So you were right. Spot on. Do-ba-da. Okay, number nine. Here we go. In the second epilogue. Mm-hmm. So you were well asleep at this point. Oh, yeah. Snoring like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife is so pleased at this point in every. Yeah. If you want to ask my wife this part, she'll know because she'll be able to hear it. <laughs> Just be you're no longer tapping on her back. Um, <laughs> so number nine in the second epilogue, set eighty years later, there's a conversation between two NASA tracking stations. Yep. But where are those stations based? Um. Oh God, I know this. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Um, so one of them is, is, is it, 
You tell me. What one of them? One of them's Pasadena. That is correct. Yeah. And uh, the other, the one who's actually talking is. Um, I can hear it. I can hear the sentence. Well, tell me then. <laughs> Good idea. Are you an idiot? <laughs> um, that is that is where he is, isn't it? That's the first guy. Pasadena. That's right. Yeah. And then but we're he's... after the second. We've established this. We're after number two. <laughs> I thought that was the second one, but I've just realised he's the first one. Uh, he speaks to someone else. I can't remember. Is it a pass? Is this going to be a half point? It's going to have to be. Okay. So, uh, uh, a kind of a ding. Uh, okay. So. As soon as you say it, I'm going to kick myself. So, you're right, it was Pasadena. He talks to Spain, doesn't he? And Houston. The, there is that, but this is not the, the question now, Ian. Not very good. <laughs> it was Bermuda. Ah! Well, half a point. That's not too bad. Fair enough. So, uh, a fun little fact, actually. Did you know that all the voices in the epilogue are provided by Jeff Wayne himself? No way! Yes way! (laughs) Here's a a fun thought. How in the goddamn world did they forget that Mars attacked in 80 years? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) It's like, oh, yeah, here we are. We just sent this probe up to NASA. A generation or two, and it's like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> just sent this probe up to Mars. Oh, what's that? Green mist. It's like, do you not fucking remember what happened? Yeah, these short memories. You've still, you've got museums. You've, you've got things dedicated to the people that died during this time. How can you forget? <laughs> yeah, I can imagine if this was a real event, that would probably happen. Absolutely, I yeah. mean, as a population, we are stupid. Yeah, just um, collective amnesia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe it was just wishful thinking, like, if I don't think about it, it's, it, it never, never happened. happened. Yeah, yeah, and it never will happen so. again. <laughs> <laughs> so let's send this probe up, <laughs> Never mind. Okay, here's another one for you. It's number 10. Okay. The journalist says there is a huge mass of luminous gas from Mars that is heading towards Earth. Yeah. On what date was this? 12th of August. Yay! Ding, 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 ding. Well done, the 12th of August. And that wasn't even edited, by the way. That was that quick. No, that was. Boom. I'm just going to add a load of space. Yeah, big gap. <laughs> About a minute and 30 seconds. <laughs> Number 11. What is the Martian's attack noise? Uh, it's not an attack noise. It's, uh, an, it's a, a noise of exhilaration. And it's... That's true. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I I thought it was an attack uh, noise, but I don't know if you've noticed, but in the in the actual recording, it says uh, the the four fighting machines exulted as they unleashed the heat ray. So they're like, ah, while they were attacking. Yeah, they're so like, screw you, humans. Nah, it's like they're laughing at us. I mean, but would you not call that an attack noise? No, because they they exulted. As they attack. No, they, they... Alexa, define exulted. <laughs> The adjective exalted is usually defined as an attack, raised or elevated, as in rank or character, of high station. For more, ask me to give you more definitions for exalted. Give me more definitions. (laughs) Screw you, Alexa. No, screw you, Ian. Anyway. We'll call it, we'll call it. You you got the word, which is the main thing. Thank you. Well done. (laughs) Number 12. Which UK 1970s pop star plays the part of the artillery man on the album? Oh man, I knew, I know this as well. This is going to annoy the sh- <laughs> <laughs> and kill you off. <laughs> is, is it Paul? Someone? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, no, I can't, I can't remember. I'm not going to drag it out. It's a very common first name. Bill, Steve, James, Kevin, Bob. <laughs> it's it's my middle name. Oh, This tests the friendship now, won't it? No, I know, I know your middle name, but I can't, I can't think of the guy's surname. No, go on, tell me. I'm never going to. David Essex. Ah, b- I knew that as well. Apparently, Jeff Wayne was the producer and arranger on many of David Essex's singles. Oh, really? Yeah, according to research. According to what I just wrote down? (laughs) (laughs) According to my notes. (laughs) Number 13. You're doing well so far. Thank you. During the chapter titled Dead London, Mm -hmm. what did the looters help themselves to? Wine and food. Yeah, well done. I thought that might be quite a difficult one, actually. No. For you, the most... Haunted man in the UK! (laughs) (laughs) The biggest fan ever. That was very easy for you, actually. Thank you. Well done. Thank you, thank you. Number 14. In Forever Autumn, the refrain, Because you're not here, is repeated throughout the song. Mm -hmm. But how many times is that sentence said? (laughs) Never counted! (laughs) Uh, Just imagine the song in your head. Well, just go through the whole, like... Eight minute song. Um, <laughs> the whole album. <laughs> to reach that. Uh, I will say 24. Mm. Go on then. It was nine. Nine? Yes, nine. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> if you turn German all of a sudden. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> and final question. Well, I hope I get this right. This, I think this will be the hardest one. Oh, go on then. Are you ready? Test my balls. <laughs> <laughs> Number 15. Which is better, Jeff Wayne's original album or the 2012 version coined The New Generation? That is the easiest question in the goddamn world. The original is better, the new one is fucking bollocks. Mm. Wrong. Liam Neeson <laughs> lost all your points now. <laughs> that, no. I have so much beef with that new one. That's it. What's done is done. Can't be going back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have so many problems with The New Generation one. I hate it. Yes, this is a, a touchy subject, isn't it, I think? Absolutely. I mean, so I, I don't think a lot of people even know the new generation exists, but the guy that plays the artilleryman in the new one is just absolutely rubbish. I mean, like, in in the original, I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here, but yeah, in the original, on. right, you can hear, like, uh, David Essex, you can hear, like, the fear, the, the despair in his voice, and it's like, it's such a, a good job he did, you know, putting it across, like, you know, just yeah. not as if he's just... It's a real act, isn't it, in his voice? Yeah, yeah. And it's not as if, like, you know, he's putting across that he's just scared. It's like he's he's traumatised, you know, and you can hear it, like, the despair. But in the new one, it's like a panto. Right? <laughs> so right, I think yeah. th- there's a line where it's like... Um, Is this about the key turning? No, no, that's that's later on with Liam Neeson. I'll, oh. I'll tell you that in a second, because that's equally as stupid. But David Essex is like, they're just machines, but they knew exactly what they were doing. But the way he says it, it's just like he like can't even fathom it himself you know like mm. it's like they knew exactly what they were doing and it you can Haunting. yeah you can hear it in his voice but in the new one the guy that plays the artilleryman is like huh they knew what they were doing you know <laughs> as if like it's some kind of joke or something <laughs> you've just seen all your friends your colleagues get murdered by aliens in a in a machine that fires a heat ray you know and you're just there like they knew what they were doing it's like Dude, like, oh, so so rubbish. It's unreal. But yeah, that Liam Neeson bit. Yeah, the Liam Neeson. So uh, later on, I think this is in the track Spirit of Man or the one after, maybe Redweed Part 2. But uh, either way, they're, they're underneath this house that they've been barricaded into and um, the priest is like, oh, I'm going to have to go out there and beat them up and stuff. And Liam Neeson's like, well, the, the, the narrator, the character, is like, no, don't go out there. So he punches him, knocks him out, so that he 
essentially gets him to shut up. And then he gets on the phone. I will find you. (laughs) (laughs) He drags the parson, Nathaniel, I think his name is, down into the basement and uh, locks the door. So in the original, it's just like, oh, you see this claw coming down. It's touching things. And then it's grabbing my boot. And then, oh, God, it grabbed the parson and dragged him upstairs. But in this one, Liam Neeson's like, oh, the alien's coming downstairs. Oh, he's figured out how to use the handle. Oh, what? Oh, they're, they're, they're so clever. But it's like, dude, these Martians have mastered technology to where they can build these massive tripods, travel the distance from Mars to Earth. They can f***ing work out a latch yeah. and a handle. Like, pull your head out your ass, Mr. Neeson. <laughs> should we tag him in this? I think we should, yeah. I mean, he didn't write the script, I dare say. Unless you just ad-libbed that bit. If he did, then it's his fault. If if not, then it's, I don't know, Jeff Wayne's. But still, it's also, I, I would say it's a little bit the delivery, though, isn't it, as well? Yeah. I mean, that is his fault. Possibly, yeah. It, his whole performance during that is a little bit real bad. Which, the, nothing against Liam Neeson, I like a lot of his films. And uh, he played, I thought, a really good part in Star Wars, which is your least favourite thing ever. Yeah, I don't, I don't watch Star Wars. <laughs> but he played an amazing Qui-Gon Jinn in that and got killed off way too soon. So, nothing against Liam Neeson, but yeah, I have to say that that narration is is a bit pants in yeah. the new generation. See, I never knew if it was uh, my sort of diehard fandom of the original that just made me instantly dislike the new generation. But I can honestly say that through listening to it, it is just not enjoyable. <laughs> I mean, like the, the way they've uh, updated the music as well. It's like sort of really trancy and garagey and like yeah. synthy. And- I suppose that is more your diehard fandom of the original though isn't it because i guess like time's moved on a little bit they're trying to modernize it a bit i can understand that it's not to my taste but it is what it is you know and the the original the the orchestration of it and the instrumentation was just beautiful and it was fantastically mixed and there's little nuances that you can hear that come through and it just it all adds together to make this fantastic creation a bit of music and then they've just changed it it's like they've gone oh no i didn't like that little bit there let's take that out and and stick a fucking synth in here. <laughs> it's like the, the the it's mixed differently as well. So like some of the drums don't come through, and um, you know everything plays its part in the original, but in the new mm. one, it's just like you know slap a few MIDI keyboards in there, and you're all good. That is how modern music is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking oh. of which, yeah, I think that's a perfect segue because uh, at the end of last week's episode, uh, I set you a challenge. You did you did? And uh, luckily, there was no alien attacks this week. <laughs> Yeah, I fought them off. I said, go back to your fourth dimension. <laughs> Which is my house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when your son says, I've seen <laughs> I've seen another alien. Like, yeah, we know, he lives here. <laughs> Get a grip. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I set you a challenge. Uh, so I think... I think I was going to say, because uh, when we did the original challenge, it was actually our own instruments. Yes. Oh, wait, did, did you tell me how many I got right, by the way, out of, out of 15? Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. You got 12 and a half out of 15. Fair enough. That's not bad. I keep... Why is it time. countdown? I don't know. <laughs> every time, I don't know. Just loves Rachel Riley or Carol Vorderman. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, when we did our original challenge... Uh, because we were playing our own instruments, a lot more time and effort went into it yes. and making making it sound actually decent. And, and that wasn't even, you know, because we wanted to make it sound the best possible. It's just because that's the instrument we play and that's what effort we put into it. <laughs> You're just really big-headed, like, just because that's how it turns out when we try. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
that's not what I mean. It's just like, what I mean is that's because that is our instrument. So that's the amount of effort that we generally put into it. Yeah. Yeah. When trying when trying to create, I mean that wasn't amazing at any rate. <laughs> I think this 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 time because we were playing each other's instrument and we both have no idea how to play each other's instrument, it literally took us both about thirty seconds. Yeah, <laughs> I I would say it took me no longer than fifteen minutes to really put that together. <laughs> I honestly just think, because um, uh, you told me afterwards that uh, we were going to do one minute. Mm. So actually, I should specify that the last time we did the challenge, we said two minutes. Yeah. But then when it came to it, we actually changed it to one minute, but we didn't say that. No, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, we did change that to one minute. So we did the same. We did one minute for this time, but we upped the BPM to 160. Yes. So you told me that 40 bars would equal one minute. Yeah. So I just highlighted 40 bars, <laughs> pressed record with a, with a count in, and just <laughs> mashed the keys, really. And did like stupid stuff, and then <laughs> oh, is that all you did? It's not obvious. <laughs> <laughs> they they created I, I created ten instruments all in all. So like I, I thought that one sounds funny. Add that, click, count in, boop, blah, 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 like horrible, and just literally just did that for the minute, and then just did it for ten different instruments yeah. down the tracks. When these professional uh, university teachers are saying they're all about counterpart harmony and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sod all that. <laughs> You present this. <laughs> Just mash the keys, pal. <laughs> physically vomit. <laughs> it's like the exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely made my head spin. <laughs> but um, I was actually going to delete it because I thought that sounds absolutely fucking horrible. But then you sent me your drums. <laughs> And I put it under it, and I was just like, it just makes it. There is even one part in it where um, my whatever it is mm. does actually match your drums. So it's like, oh, well, thanks. <laughs> I mean, it'll, it'll be so all in time, but I mean, like, I was playing something and you were, like, doing something in time with it. And it's like, yeah, so it's really good. It, well, it's actually not. It's fucking horrendous. Yeah, I don't think we're going to win any awards whatsoever. <laughs> World's worst composition. <laughs> <laughs> Most deluded musicians just seconded by a two-year-old yeah, who vomited on a keyboard. <laughs> oh god! And, and someone's cat just walks along the keys. <laughs> Someone tripping into a drum kit. Wow, fantastic. Yeah, well, I hope you all enjoy for what it's worth. Yeah, right. We'll stick that in at the end. We'll have that music to play us out, shall we? God. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, God. I promise you that we are professional. Yeah, we'll, we'll try and do something decent, shall we, at some point, and, <laughs> and actually write a decent bit of music which has thought and care put into it, and we'll we'll put that in it sometime so you can actually hear just how not rubbish we are. Yeah. I mean, if that ended up worse, though... Oh, God. I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is going to be our new highest standard. <laughs> Oh dear, never mind. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah, that was, a, that was a hell of a good episode. I very thoroughly enjoyed that. I did too, and you did very well at your War of the Worlds quiz. Thank you, you did very well listening to me when I did my bit. <laughs> I added a fact. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you sleeping halfway through it. <laughs> oh, I think your snores out. If our wives listened to it, it would be like post-traumatic stress or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, the snores coupled with War of the Worlds. It's just everything compiled my wife. Just tear her hair out and jump out the window. Poor lass. Everyone at home, thank you very much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget that we are on all the socials. So we have the Twitter, the Instagram, Facebook, TikTok now as well. YouTube, we're doing shorts and all that sort of stuff so you can see our delicious mugs. 
That's another reason to vomit. <laughs> Make sure you do it on a keyboard so you can beat us in the music competition. Yeah, feel free to get in touch with us. Give us an email. All the links are in the description below. Also, don't forget to follow us on Apple Music and Spotify so that you don't miss our next episode when it comes out next week. And also, tell your friends about us. Just just tell some random people. Go go down the street and grab people by the college. Be like, have you heard of Two Guys What's Up? <laughs> Harass some people in your local supermarket. <laughs> yeah, endorsed by Jordan, not me. <laughs> <laughs> he said that <laughs> yeah share the love if, if you enjoy us uh, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode tell some people about us and um, we'll see you next week yeah enjoy and have a, have a lovely week do the whole five star rating thing as well just do lots of things for me <laughs> please <laughs> you might want to get a pen and paper write all these down I'm sure there's an easier way to, to concisely put these into bullet points so that I don't ramble a load of bullshit maybe maybe I'll script it Oh, and no, then there, there's it. a novel idea. <laughs> like, a, like a professional would. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed, everybody. We'll see you next week. Have a good time. Yeah, a bunch of beautiful bastards. <laughs> and please make sure you do enjoy our horrible musical creation to play us out today. Bye! Bye. Oh, by the way, he's got a pilot's license.